This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. Go ahead and grab a seat. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, well, a little higher than that. Okay, happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Yes. We, boy, what a great day to be in church. We're kicking off a brand new series called Future Family. And I can already hear some of you say, that's good, because I'm not all that happy with my present one. All right? So we're going to talk about what we can do about that and so forth. But right up front, we have a special thing for you mothers. At the end of the service, you're going to get, you're going to get a, a thing you can take home and put on your refrigerator. And it says, thanks for seeing the real and guiding us toward the ideal. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So there's something for you to take home. But we have a gift for you in video form So, especially for all you mothers, this is from our heart to yours. There are those who say that this is ordinary, but don't let that fool you. Mother will always be the bravest, least ordinary, most difficult, utterly challenging career that anyone ever hopes to lay claim to. While others might hear, diaper changer, food maker, laundry doer, carpooler, bottle washer, sweatpants wearer, life on hold, want to be doing anything else, woman. The truth is, whether it feels like it some days or not, you are in fact a shelter from the storm. You are a cape of good hope. You are a warrior who will do battle for your children's hearts, souls, attention, innocence, education, and memories. Go to battle, my friends. This is your time. We will hold strong on either side of you. We will pray for those bottles through the dark watches of the night. And when doubt comes and children break, when adults fail them, and when they push and push as hard against us as the day we deliver them into this world, we will not be broken. We may ache and see cracks tear through our hearts But we will get up again tomorrow and we will load the clothes and the words that need to be said again and again and again. And when the world tries to claw at them, to break them, to smash the beauty in them, may our walls hold true. May the lessons we've told The truths we've lived, the life we've spoken into them come back easily, predictably, with wash and repeat ease. Kingdom business, Jesus' work, this shaping of souls, this raising tiny humans. There are those that say this is ordinary. Don't buy it for a second. Mighty. You are mighty because you, Mother. If you're a mother in our audience, would you stand? Please. Let's give there it up for mothers. Say that this is it.
And now the rest of you, would you stand please? Let's pray. Father, on this day when we kick off Future Family Series, it's just our wonderful privilege to just pray a blessing over every mother in our audience. For those who are in the thick of the battle and their kids are young and, and, and sometimes getting under their nerves, would you just make them mighty? For those who are raising junior high and senior high kids and the challenges sometimes get a little deeper, a little stronger, and the stakes seem higher at that point, would you make them mighty? And for those who, who have already raised their children and sent them out into the world and, and they feel like they've done a great job, would you help them to feel this morning your approval? And for those who feel like they didn't do well, would you give them a message of encouragement? and a message of, of approval anyway. And uh, for those who are grandmothers, would you enable them just to be great grandmothers? And most of all, Father, for all of the rest of us, over the next six weeks, would you help us to take a huge step forward in any role we have in any family anywhere? I pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen, amen. God bless you. Take a seat. For those of you who are brand new, well, everybody can take a seat. But for those of you who are brand new, welcome to New Life. Um, I don't always wear a bunch of badges and buttons and you see them around. That's just to direct your attention to what I'm going to teach you at the very end. So you can hang on to that for a little bit. You want to take out your programs and uh, the first thing that all of us do is fill out the contact information. If you come here all the time and we have your information, just put your name down there. But if you're new to New Life, please take a moment and fill out the contact information. As a church, our mission, our job is to help everyone who comes get connected with God. And so we have to be able to get in touch with you in order to do that. So if you would trust us with your contact info, here's my promise to you. We will handle it with integrity. You're not going to get a bunch of things you don't want and you're certainly not going to get a bunch of emails that you don't want, that sort of thing. On the back side, there are places for you to request information or get connected with the church in, in various ways. I want to direct your attention right now to the middle of the back side of the card, and, and it says, I would like to apply today's teaching by, because I'm going to take you to that spot uh, toward the end of our teaching time, and I know there's a thing in red, sign up for this life group right underneath that. And I know that uh, you're going to be taken there a little bit later this morning. Second thing you want to do is you want to get out of your program this half sheet of notes that has fill in the blanks because that's going to guide you through what I'm going to say over the next few minutes. <clears throat> Future family. I-, I want you to know that the concept behind future family is that all of us could create a family that's a safe place to be in, that's a fun place to be in, that's a healthy place to be in. And I can tell you that healthy churches build healthy families. And so the investment that that we want to make in you and the investment that God wants to make in you over the next six weeks is to take your family from where it is. Maybe it's, it's just massively dysfunctional and begin to connect some of the dots so that you can begin to make the journey toward being a healthy and functional family. Maybe your family is sort of in the middle. Well, it would be great for you to be able to take another step 
toward becoming a great family. And maybe your family's a good family already. Well, I want you to know that the challenge that God gives you, and it's a wonderful challenge, and we're going to talk about how it might work for you today, is that every family would be a great family. Not just a good one, not just an acceptable one, but every family would be a great one. Today we're going to talk about expectations. And, and the first thing that we're going to see is that expectations affect results. One of the things that I've noticed over the years is that many families, in my opinion, expect way too little of themselves. And that's one of the dangers. When the expectations are low, for instance, a student that enrolls in a class and, and puts their expectations at a C level, what do you think they'll usually get? They're going to get a C. That's all they're going to work toward. That's where their expectations are. They manage their time toward that. They manage their study and their preparation toward that. And they rarely ever get above a C because they only put that expectation on themselves. I hear parents all the time who expect their children to be brats. And they're rarely disappointed. Because somehow they have programmed into themselves to think that their children will be brats and they don't realize it, but subconsciously they manage their family in such a way that they set their children up to be brats. I have good news for you. There's no reason for your children to be brats. None. No child has to be a brat. No home has to live with children that just make life terrible. I'm amazed at how many parents will say to me, well, we just don't go out to eat because our kids are under five. And I go, why? You don't have to live with that limitation in your life. No, you don't have to get a child sitter. You can actually teach a child under five how to behave in a restaurant and you can actually enjoy that meal. But if you expect a child under five to misbehave in a restaurant, guess what? You will not be disappointed. They will. One of the biggest dangers in in the concept of expectations is we we get like the guy who went out and shot an arrow. It stuck, you know, in the side of the barn. And he went out and painted a circle around it and said, that's my bullseye right there. That's where we sit. Now, on the flip side, that's the real over there. On the flip side is the ideal. And that's this concept of a perfect family. And and if we set our expectations too high and we think that we are going to have the perfect family, well, then it creates in us something that never allows us to relax. And to never feel fulfilled because no matter how hard you work at having a great family, it will never be perfect. Write this down in your notes somewhere, okay? Fulfillment is found in progress, not perfection. You ready? Write it again. I know you don't have to write it again, but I'll say it again. Fulfillment is found in progress, not perfection. And so the first understanding we had is that expectations affect results. The second understanding is this, and that is 
Healthy families successfully manage the tension between the ideal, which is way out here, and the real, which is right here. And there's this wonderful passage in the Bible that shows us how to manage those and how they should relate to each other. And I'm going to read it to us. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, and he says, I'm not saying I have this all together. Would that be the real or the ideal? He's pointing at the ideal, but understanding he's living in the real. He says, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ. Christ is the real or the ideal? Both. He's the real ideal. Got it? That was a trick question. All right, here we go. Who has so wonderfully reached out for me? Now, friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I have my eye on the goal. That's the ideal where God is beckoning us us onward to Jesus. And he says, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. That's the progress thing. And now, this is where it gets personal to our church. On the way in, you passed a sign out there in the marquee that says, Taking hold of the life God has for us. Look at this passage. It says, So let's keep focused on that goal. That's the target. That's Jesus. Those of us who want, what's the end of it? Everything God has for us. Can I just tell you up front, right now, my goal for you and God's goal for you is that your family would experience everything God has for you. Not one little bit less. Everything God has for you. And so today we're going to talk about how do we manage, in fact, successful families, healthy families, successfully manage this tension between the real, that's where we are today, and the ideal, that's what we're aiming toward. And that's not an easy tension to live in, but it's the tension that God calls us to, and it's actually a great tension for us to work in. And so... Let me tell you a little bit about, I skipped an expectation, did I not? I did. Families equal working at life together. Let me go back and pick that up and then I'll catch us up to speed. Family equals working at life together. That's the best definition of what a family is supposed to be doing that I've ever seen. It's a group of people in life. Now, the thing about your family is, most of the time, you don't get to choose them. Okay? I know. You guys that are kids, you say, yep, because I would have chosen different parents. Well, I got news for you. Your parents probably would have chosen different kids. (laughs) The deal is, we don't get to choose each other. Okay? Okay? I like to think of family as this group of people that are in a boat and they're sailing across the sea of life. And you have one choice that you can make when it comes to that. And that is you can either make friends and partners of the people in your boat or you can make enemies out of them. Well, if you're going to be in the boat on the ocean of life with a group of people, I think it makes all the sense in the world to make friends out of them. Make partners out of them. 
Find a way to make this thing work. Because when family is properly understood, it's a group of people who are working at life together. And family was God's idea. God was the one who created fathers and mothers and and children and grandparents and that whole thing because he knows that that's how we work best in this life. And right up front, I want to pay a little homage to the best dad I ever met in my life. And it happens to be my dad. So blessed to have been raised in the family I was raised in. More than any other person I've ever met in this world My dad got, taught, lived, and understood that family was working at life together. I couldn't tell you how many times my dad put his arm around me as a kid and said, Ron, you and I are buds in life. We're in life together. We'd be riding in the car, and he would say to us, Do you know how fortunate we are to be a family? Now, my dad was kind of old school, so he bought cars that had no radios, right? No one had even dreamed of a DVD player back in those days. It was just a car. And we spent hours in the car, and we talked together as a family. And he would tell us how blessed we were to have the, our mom as our mom. And how blessed he was to have her as his wife. And how glad he was that he was our father. And how glad he was that God had given to him and my mother us boys. Last conversation I ever had with my dad. I was sitting in the airport in Kansas City, Missouri. And I was getting ready to fly back out here. And he and mom were getting ready to get in the car and drive home. And he said to me, Ron, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you and what you've chosen to do with your life. And now you have lived above and beyond any expectations your mother and I would ever have had of you. And how blessed he was to be my father and how grateful he was that God had brought me into their world. And I told him how grateful I was to have him as my dad. And I can tell you in the 20 years I lived in his home. Never once did he ever raise his voice in any way. He was ne- I've never seen him angry at me. Yes, he gave me spankings, but never in anger. And never because he was mad. And never because he was frustrated. It, it was just such a wonderful place to grow up. I, I grew up in a secure home. And I told him that. And I said, Dad, I, I can't tell you how blessed I am, and how blessed my children are because I'm raising my children with things that I learned from you. And Dad, my kids are raising your grandkids and your great-grandkids on those same principles. And I, I told him this. I said, Dad, the church that I pastor, most of those people will never meet you in their life, but they are blessed by you. Because when I stand and teach them about the home, I'm basically teaching them what you lived out in front of me. I would want every child to be able to say that not only about their dad, but about their mother. Wouldn't you? Don't you want your kids to be able to say that about you? Family is working at life together. I know it's easy to lose sight of that. 
Because you get in the heat of the battle and your kids are not doing what you want them to do and they're spilling things and they're breaking things and they're disobeying and, and, and the last thing you feel like doing is working at life with them. Right? I, I know what that feels like. But don't ever lose sight that family is a group of people working at life together. So, how do we relate the real to the ideal? Because the truth is, many of us just paint a circle around the real and say, that's it. Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to learn from a target illustration because it teaches us so well the principles Paul was talking about here in Philippians chapter 3. So I have a target up here, and there's a number of things that you can see about the target. Number one, it's clearly defined, so you know when your shot lands in the target or outside the target, right? Just glancing at the target, you know right away what color are you aiming for. Yellow, that's correct. And what's just outside of yellow? Red. And what's outside of red? Blue. And outside of that? Black. And outside of that? White. Yeah. Because targets have rings, and everybody aims at the yellow, but do we always hit the yellow? No. Now we're going to see how this applies to life. There are four principles you need to know about the target. Principle number one is everyone aims at the bullseye. By the way, a perfect shooter would hit the bullseye how often? Every time. Okay? That's the ideal. Principle number two is this. Off-targets shots cost dearly. Please remember that. We're going to apply that to the family. When you fire and you don't hit anywhere on the target, you get no credit for that shot. You understand? Yeah. In fact, those shots hurt. Principle number three is this. The closer to ideal, the higher the reward. It's that way in every shooting contest. And by the way, it's that way in life. The closer you get your family to the ideal, the closer you get every instruction to the ideal, the closer you get every response to the ideal, the higher the reward. And principle number four, progress is always measured in two ways. The first one is the frequency with which you actually hit the target. And then secondly, proximity to the bullseye. Now we're going to apply those things to the family and then I'm going to lead us through uh, an application exercise and we're done. So listen up. Number one, everyone aims at the bullseye. Listen, friends. Even the worst shooters in the world aim at the bullseye. Am I right? Yeah. I'm amazed at how often in our families, our families don't aim at the bullseye. People were raised in a family and they know it was dysfunctional and they just go out and say, well, I'm going to try to do as good as my parents did. Don't ever try to do as good as your parents did because your parents were not perfect. When you aim at becoming what your parents are, you're not even aiming at the bullseye. You're aiming somewhere else, hopefully on the target, might not even be on the target. Does everybody hear that? Aim at the bullseye. I don't care how bad you think you might be as a parent. Get the bullseye in mind. Know what it is. By the way, even if you were raised in a terrible home, God put on the inside of you 
an understanding of what a good home should be. Don't ever give up on that understanding. Don't ever compromise that understanding. Don't ever think it's dysfunctional for you to aim at whatever that is that God put inside you. Because He put it in there so you'd know where to aim. Remember, if you set your expectations low, you're rarely what? Disappointed. That's where you're going to hit. I know it's real quiet in here right now. Probably should be. Okay? Aim at the bullseye. The second thing is this. Off-target shots cost dearly. Do you realize every time you give an instruction, you're taking a shot? Every time your child says something to you, you're taking a shot. Even if you don't respond, that's a shot. When you respond, that's a shot. It's so important for you to recognize that off-target, yeah, you aim at the bullseye, you might not hit the bullseye, but at least land on the target. Because when you land off the target with your shot and you give yourself permission to yell at your kids or to have some terrible response or to do something that's utterly selfish and you're clear off the target, do you realize you're actually damaging your child? And you're damaging your home. When you land on the target, you're not damaging your home. It might not be the ideal response, but at least it's a good one. Do I sound passionate? I am. Friends, it's your kids. It's your grandkids. It's your future family. Those are the people that you're going to go through life with. Listen. Don't ever, I don't care how frustrated you get, I don't care how terrible your day has been at work, I don't care what else has happened to you, are you ready for this? Don't ever give yourself permission to take an off-target shot, period. Don't sell yourself short of that. You can always get your shots to land somewhere on the target. Number three, the closer to the ideal, the higher the reward. Okay? If you have a dysfunctional home, goal number one for you is we got to work at just getting all of our shots to land on the target somewhere. That's progress for you. Good. Remember, fulfillment is found in what? Progress, not perfection. So make that your first goal. Get all your shots to land on the target and then begin to, in shooter's parlance, raise your sights. Okay? And get your shots closer and closer to the bullseye. Now, every once in a while, I run across a mom or a dad, and certainly junior high and high school kids are famous for this, and that is, I don't really care about the bullseye. I'm more interested in how far out here I can go and still be okay. Listen, when you're shooting for the outer rings, you're always settling for less than what you could have. And of course, the danger in shooting in the outer rings is you don't have to miss by much, and where are you? You're off the target. When you're shooting for the bullseye and you miss a little bit, you're always on the target. 
healthy families, healthy mothers, healthy fathers never aim for the outer rings. They aim only one place. They aim at the bullseye. And number four, improvement is measured in two ways. The first is the frequency of on-target shots. As I said a while ago, if you've got an area of your life where maybe your whole family is dysfunctional, make it your aim, number one, not to do any more damage. Okay, Get your shots on target. When your children come home with their homework, have an on-target response. When your wife says, can I talk with you, have an on-target response. Not now, dear, I'm busy. Oh, I can't believe you want to talk to me. You know what kind of a day I've had that's off-target? If you've had a tough day, you can say, Dear, could I come back to you in 15 minutes? I really want to hear what you have to say. But I need to settle in first. On target. Understand the difference? When your children are misbehaving in the car and you turn around and you scream at them, I don't want that kind of behavior. I'm so tired of hearing that. Off target. On target. Look, that's not the way we behave in the car. If you don't straighten that out, I'm going to pull the car over to the side of the road and we'll get it straightened out. Understand? On target. Yeah. Okay. Frequency of on-target shots. And last of all, proximity to the bullseye. Once you get all of your shots primarily landing on the target, and you're pretty good at that, then just start moving them in. Say, okay, that was a good response. How could I have made that response a great response? Okay? When I gave that instruction to my child, it was good. It didn't damage them. I didn't demean them in giving them the instruction or whatever. But how could I make that a great response? It's really a simple thing when we work with the target. Okay? So, there are the four things. Now, I know you're wondering about these two, all right? You look around, people in guest services have these on. And this is, this is a badge. And the badges both start the same way. You'll see that up here on the screen. And there, there are the letters, and I can't read them from here. But it's the PBPWM. There you go. It's, this one stands for, please be patient with me. This one starts the same way. It says, Please be patient with me. But the end result is different because these stand for two different ways of viewing life. I'm going to take this one first because it's not very good. In both cases, the person wearing the badge is making a simple request of the person reading it. It's saying, please be patient with me. It's recognizing I'm not perfect. I'm not always in the bullseye. It's saying, please be patient with me. But this one says, that's just the way I am. In other words, I've given up aiming at the bullseye. I'm now giving myself permission to be somewhere other than the bullseye, and I'm asking you not to hold me responsible. I'm saying, please be patient with me. That's just the way I am. By the way, if you ever hear yourself subconsciously saying that to yourself, that's just the way I am, that ought to set off all sorts of alarms and buzzers and bells. Because it means that you've given up on putting your eye on the goal. This one says, please be patient with me. God's not finished with me yet. 
you understand the difference? I've still got my eye on the goal, and I recognize God's taking me toward that goal. I'm not there yet, but I can tell you what, I'm aiming, and I'm moving toward the bullseye, and God's drawing me to the bullseye day after day after day. May God help us to be this kind of person, not this kind of person. Three ways to apply this message. And the first is this. I know of an area in my life that's an off-target area. I know of an area in my family that's an off-target area. Well, God is calling you. I can tell you without equivocation this morning, God is saying to you, you go to work on that this week. That's what you should pray about. That should, that should be at the heart and center of what you're doing this week. If you have a to-do list, put it at the top of your list. That's my area to work on this week. I'll pray about it. I'm going to come up with a process that will help me make progress in that. I'm going to work on it. Second way is I'm going to bring my family to all six of these future family teachings. And I want to encourage you to do that. I can't think of a bit. I know that several of you came this morning. Probably a bunch of you came because your mother said, It's Mother's Day. You're going to go to church with me. That's your gift to me. All right? Thank you for coming. Okay? I want to encourage you to come back next week and the week after that and the week after that because I will guarantee you that if you will take what God teaches you in His Word, you will be a better person. And your family, I don't care what your family is, your family will be a better family. And then the third thing is to become a Christian. If you're not a Christian today, there's no better time than right now. I'm going to pray. You, you make those decisions. Write it down in your card. If you check on becoming a Christian today, expect a phone call from me because I'm going to make sure that you walk through that process correctly. And not just say, well, I hope it went well for you. We're going to partner with you in that. Let's pray. Father, I pray for my friends this morning as they make decisions. Lord, would you help our families to become, whatever they are, better in six weeks and over this six-week span of time. And Lord, would you give us the ability to never give up on the ideal, to continue to press toward it, but at the same time to be satisfied with the progress that we're making because we're making progress. We're not stuck. And Lord, would you point out in our lives areas that are off target? And would you give us grace this week to bring them on target with your help? Would you make this a fantastic teaching series? And Lord, for my friends who have never made the decision to become a Christian right here, right now, would you give them the faith to check that on the card? And then would you bless our conversation later this week that this might be a life-changing experience for them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.